Hello, Basement Programmers, and welcome. This is the Basement Programmer Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Moore. The opinions expressed in the Basement Programmer Podcast are those of myself and any guests that I may have, and are not necessarily those of our employers or organizations we may be associated with. Feedback in the Basement Programmer Podcast, including suggestions on things you'd like to hear about, can be emailed to me at tom at basementprogrammer.com. And I'm always on the lookout for people who would like to come on the podcast and talk about anything technology-related. So drop me a line. And now for this episode. All right. Welcome to the latest episode of the Basement Programmer podcast. The podcast has been quiet for the last few months, mainly due to a lot of changes that were going on. But I'm back and up and ready to record and bring you regular content. It's only fitting that I re-kick off the podcast with a friend and fellow .NET developer, Ty Augustine. Ty has been a supporter of one of my other passion projects, uh, Our Code, for the last few years, and an all-around awesome guy. Welcome, Ty. So, uh, Ty, last time we got together was when we were both presenting at Boston Code Camp. So what have you been up to since then? In between that, you know, my son's also starting up his his basketball season at school. So, you know, between, between that work, home life and projects and, you know, schools, basketball, my time has been all tied up. Well, keep them busy, I see. So it's December, which means AWS reInvent has just happened and probably about 100 things have dropped. Uh, This year's reInvent was kind of the year of AI. It seems like everything had something to do with AI or an AI spin on it. So Ty, walk me through some of the highlights from your perspective. And let me just start by giving you a little background about myself. Um, my name is Ty Augustine. I'm a, a solutions architect at AWS, and I specialize in Microsoft technologies, specifically .NET and SQL Server, with um, with a focus on migration and modernization. And you know, before coming to AWS, I was a a, a .NET stack um, architect developing enterprise applications for the life science industry. And I did that for about 20 years. And while I loved developing for all those years, I got to a point in my career where developing software can just be mentally draining. I mean, you know that, Tom. It's, it's, it's <laughs> constant problem solving. And, you know, don't get me wrong. Programming is still one of my biggest passions. But I just got to a point where I felt like I, I'd enjoy it more if I were doing it as a, you know, as a, as a hobby or, or for fun. Then, you know, an opportunity for a .NET specialist, your old role, in fact, mm-hmm. um, opened up on the, on the Microsoft team. And, and, and here I am, and I'm, and I'm kind of loving my job. So yes. funny enough, I actually interviewed Ty for, for his job and uh, definitely uh, wanted him on the team. So, yes. So, you know, at, at, at reInvent this year, AWS talked a lot about, you know, um, making the cloud services faster, cheaper, easier to use, and, and reliable. Surprise, surprise, nice, but not too surprising. You know, that's pretty much AWS's goal every year. The, the one thing that should really catch everybody's attention, though, is how big a deal they're making, which is code and more from, you know, just um, putting in simple prompts, which is still super new, but AWS is, is going all in and, and trying to, you know, bake this into their products. 
And, and even, you know, the CEO, Adam Zalewski, even, even said that, you know, Gen AI is at its nascent stages. So, you know, while it's still, some of it still sounds kind of like sci-fi-ish and fun for now, um, it's going to get crazier and it's, it's going to be part of our everyday lives soon. It's, it's, and it's, 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 it's kind of wild if you, if you think about it, right? So, but, so anyway, it's, it's, it's clear that AWS is, is, is thinking ahead on, you know, where computing is going and they want to make sure Amazon stays on top of being the, the best, biggest cloud provider along the way. So, so, you know, before we kind of jump into some of the regenerative AI reInvent announcements, I found, uh, you know, that I found interesting. I think there's a lot other announcements that, you know, as a developer, I found um, preferably interesting. You know, and, and one of them, one of them is in the form of compute, especially you as .NET developers, because Part, you know, developing, at least for me, is I always wanted to kind of stay on top of the stack. And staying on top of the stack often means, you know, getting to the next version and keeping up to the latest stuff and, 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 and modernizing. And, you know, that modernization journey also includes um, freeing yourselves from Microsoft licenses, net framework workloads to .NET modern.NET or .NET Core, and then, you know, moving the, that application from running on Windows to Linux, and then, you, you know, in, which, by the way, you get this huge, you know, Microsoft license freedom, um, which, which equals a huge um, cost savings. And, and, and then finally, getting that application to run on ARM-based processors for additional, you know, um, price performance savings. And, you know, and the Graviton journey is a really, really a great story. You know, so, you know, back in, just rolled out its first homemade chip called Graviton, just to kind of show that the cloud workloads can totally run on ARM processors, not just the, you know, old school Intel, Intel ones. And, you know, people kind of scratched their heads at first when, and they were like, yeah, okay, you know, it works pretty good, you know, I guess. Um, but but then in, in, in 2019, a year later, AWS dropped Graviton 2 on us, and it kicked way more butt with huge more improvements over the first gen. And then after that, you know, um, we knew that ARM wasn't just a science project anymore. Um, and then in, in, in 2021, they announced Graviton 3, which, you know, had, you know, 25% faster than its predecessor. And, and now just recently, AWS revealed Graviton 4 in preview as as the latest member of, of, of that of, of their chip family and, and this baby um brings another 30 percent in extra performance over the already um beastly um graviton 3. and at, at reinvent adam Selesky um calls it the most powerful and energy efficient ship that we've built thus far and uh, you know Absolutely. i'm not gonna lie i mean it feels like with every graviton drop, it's 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 steroided up. It's you know it's it's glowed up from the lab with all this magical juice, cloud juice, or you know. But it's it's it's, it's so it's, I mean it's pretty soon you're gonna find the ARM chips you know running the whole dang cloud, which is which is which is pretty cool. Those are some pretty pretty impressive performance increases. There, you're talking like 
30%, 40%, like, you know, just iteration after iteration. That's, that's pretty amazing. And there was, there was, um, what, what is it? There was a new, there's a, there's a new instance that I think even that came out too. Um, the, what is it? The, the, the R8G. And with this instance, it's like triple the CPU and memory over the previous generation. So, I mean, you're talking about some serious um, data, some, some, these are like, these are really beefy instances for like memory workloads, database in memory. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty cool stuff. And, and, and then another, another one of the announcements was this, um, this, uh, another EC2 instance, what is the U, the U7i. Um, and this thing is, this thing is freaking huge. I mean, it's, it's like 32 terabytes of, of DDR RAM. Um, it's, 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 it's powered by the, the, the latest fourth generation Intel Xeon chips. And, and, and with this, you're looking at around 125% faster performance versus, versus the previous, um, U1 instances. And, and, and these things can scale up to 896 vCPUs. That's, and that's the most of any instance type at AWS. In, in the whole, wow. in the whole um, AWS cloud arsenal, this, this thing is, 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 is like a massively parallel processing power. I mean, it's, it's, and, and if that's not enough, um, the, the, the U7i um, gives you up to 100 gigabit of, of, of bandwidth to kind of blast that data into, into your storage, into memory. That's that's so, astonishing. I remember when the X ones came out and thinking, "Wow, this is the biggest thing ever!" And you know, now they're just like the, the X one's like a baby compared to these things. Things are are, are close to supercomputers. You know? I mean, before we know it, I mean, um, so so you know, these these instances are are, are good for you know um, in memory databases like SAP, HANA, Oracle, or SQL Server. Um, so when you're thinking about like crunching those transactions at scale, these, this instance right here is, 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 is your huckleberry. Mm. I, I, I thought some of those, like the, the, the Graviton and, the, and then this beefy instance was, was kind of really interesting from a developer standpoint on the compute side. Yeah, you could run my code on that and have it perform, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, and then, and then on the database side, um, there was some really interesting announcements there. There was the um, there was Aurora database, which got a crazy new upgrade called um, Limitless um, Database that kind of blew up their scaling game. I mean, if I mean we're talking about auto throwing a single Aurora database to process millions of writes per per second and 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 mad storage on the on, on like petabytes of of, of data, which is which is pretty wild, and, 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 and before you can scale out the Aurora um, read traffic with read replicas, but mm -hmm. the write capacity and the storage was still capped per database instance. The limitless kind of tosses those limits out the window. Now, you know Aurora, can, you can just keep plopping down more compute and storage for your database and behind the scenes. Um, and 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 and, and 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 then the best part is that whenever, um, um, whenever capacity that you were already using from your regular reader 
and brighter, um, it, it kind of just adds to that. So, you know, more resources equals more power. Um, so, I mean, but for real though, like, you know, this takes away the headache of trying to, you know, build your own janky solution for splitting <laughs> data and workloads across multiple database instances when you outgrow one box. Now Aurora would just kind of handle that mess and automatically grow for you, you know, it's, 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 so it's, it's pretty cool. That's, uh, yeah, that is cool because it takes away, you know, all that, all that headache of trying to manage the database uh, and, and just takes it to the next level of, like, like you said, just automatic. And, and then, um, and then there were some interesting things that kind of happened on the serverless side as well. So, um, you know, AWS also launched a, a crazy simple um, uh, serverless caching option for ElastiCache. And we're talking about spinning up an auto-scaling Redis or Memcache cluster um, in, in like 60 seconds, which is no joke, you know? It's just, wow. and, and, and how it works is that um, the ElastiCache serverless kind of keeps uh, an eagle eye um, on your app's compute and memory and network usage. And as soon as that, as soon as your workflow patterns change and the app needs more um, capacity, um, resources scale up instantly behind the scenes. No configuration, um, no configuring the, the, the capacity ahead of time or um, no manual adjustments needed. And, 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 and you get this, if, if you enable multi-AZ automatic failover, so your cache can, you know, stay highly available, even if the whole zone goes down with, with um, like 99.9 time uptime um, SLA, you know? So, and, and, and then the best part is, is that is, is the pricing. I mean, since it's serverless, you only pay for the cache storage and the compute um, resources that's actually used by your app per second. So, you know, there's no wasted capacity or unused reservations or, you know, no upfront cost. You just kind of just consume now and 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 and, and pay later. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, yes, but hopefully, pay a little bit less later than it would be if you had, you know provisioned it yourself. Exactly. So those are some. Those are definitely some pretty cool, uh, pretty cool additions. Um, I personally, I love the fact that uh, Code Whisperer now works at the command line for the Mac. Code Whisperer just, just got some new, new updates. Um, it, it's like, it, it, that's cool. It, like even um, like it, it, it now suggests infrastructure as, as code with CloudFormation templates and Terraform modules um, as you type. So Code Whisperer, Code Whisperer got some really cool updates there as well. Um, and, and, and it got additional um, language support for like Python, TypeScript, um, also, Code Whisper is also coming um, directly inside Visual Studio, um, which is which is which is com which is cool as well. So I'm looking forward to that. I am too. I I heard that. Do you? Uh, I don't want to ask you anything that's you know. Uh, I, uh, other than what was announced, I don't know when that's coming. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be cool to to have that come to Visual Studio. <clears throat> so and, yeah. and and there was and there was some other. Kind of cool things there as well. I mean, there was uh, there was this nifty service called um, Console to Code. Did you see that? I think I heard something about that, uh, but, but to fill us in, fill us all in it, here. It but... looks it looks 
really, really cool. So you can you can quickly turn your console clicks into reusable code. Um, you know, we all prototype stuff by manually configuring resources in the AWS console, but translating those actions into scripts for production takes some tedious grunt work. So, you know, enter console to code. It, it kind of watches um, what you build in the console and automatically generates the, the equivalent in infrastructure of code templates as you click. And under the hood, it's, it's using generative AI to to spit out um, CloudFormation, CDK, Terraform, whatever flavored code you want, you know, and it, and it, and it also follows, follows the best practices. So this means that you don't have to choose between, you know, fast console prototyping and robust infrastructure as code anymore. You kind of get the best of both worlds with, you know, the console simplicity converted into resilient scripts, which is, <laughs> I mean, I mean, you, I mean, this is this is pretty cool stuff. I mean, I, I, I mean, turning your prototypes into reusable code ma is, is is like code magic. So I mean, that's yeah. it, I mean, it's, it's cool, cool stuff. I'm I'm sitting here laughing because the amount of time that that would have saved me over the years is is astonishing. It's, uh, yeah, uh, whoever came up with that idea and decided to bake that into a product to launch, thank you. <laughs> We have, we have, um, I, I also saw that, you know, um, uh, Code Catalyst is, is, is getting Amazon Q kind of built into in, as well. Cool. That, that'll cool. be good to give us some, give us some help there. Um, I mean, so, so, I mean, let's talk about Amazon Q. I mean, sure. AWS also, you know, revealed this crazy new AI assistant, which, you know, which, which we're calling Amazon Secure. And this specifically um, will help, help with um, work stuff like coding and troubleshooting and, and more. The thing is, you know, they powered Amazon Q by letting it binge read, you know, 17 years worth of AWS documentation. An example. So, <laughs> so it's a master of, of building cloud apps. But you know, here's 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 this cool here's the cool part. You can you can Amazon Q to master your customer or your company's um, data is you know code bases and, and systems. So you know you can have these smart conventions to help solving problems uh, um, using your business's um, specifics, not just general um, AWS knowledge. And and, and, and and for developers, this means that code, um, that Q can ex also explain your um, spaghetti code. Um, it, can, <laughs> it, 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 it can suggest um, best practices as you, as you architect your apps, um, upgrade versions, um, write tests, fix bugs, um, or, or even generate, you know, whole new features. And when stuff, and when stuff breaks, um, Q can help you track down those issues like network problems for, um, for you know, um, which is which is way faster than you know reading your your logs or um, guessing and checking what you know what the problem is. So, okay, Ty, but we're both developers. We always blame the network anyway. You know, it's always the network's fault, not ours. <laughs> 
And you know, you know what was another cool thing? Well, you know, just recently in my in my what I've been doing, I've been playing with um with SageMaker just recently. SageMaker and some some of the um, Jupiter Labs. That's that's something that I've just been playing with just recently. And, I, and over the weekend, I was doing something and with with SageMaker, and I had to create an S3 bucket or or something like that. And I so I went to S3 and then. I noticed this new tab um, on on one of the, someplace within the interface, and I saw like Amazon S3 Express, and I'm like, huh, what's what's this? <laughs> so, have you seen that? Have you seen Have you seen that yet? I think I read something about it. Isn't it like high performance single AZ version of S3, something like that? So um, they launched a, a, a new um, S3 storage class called. Um, uh, S3 Express One Zone, um, and, this, and this is specifically tuned for like speedy data access. I mean, I mean, we're talking about um, 10x um, than the regular S3 standard, and and wow. the new option delivers blazing sub 10 millisecond latencies um, for apps that you know demand consistently fast performance, like machine learning, um, analytics. Um, or you know media creation tools, and 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 how they make it so fast? Um, they they by designing an, an entirely new um, S3 bucket type optimized for this um, streaming um, data. And, and and like you're right, it's just it's just it's just on one just on one in one zone, which 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 is still you know you still have the resiliency and the and the availability and, and the durability, but it's it's incredibly incredibly fast. Yeah. Developers um, tools um, application for application composer in Visual Studio Code is you know available as part of the AWS toolkit now. So AWS dropped a, a, a new suite, um, a new uh, visual app builder called um, Application Composer, and it's directly into, into into Visual Studio Code. And we're talking about um, drag and drop, cloud formation. Stack creation right inside of Visual Studio Code, which is which is which is really really cool. So you can either design a whole new app from a blank canvas, or you can import an existing um, cloud formation template to just kind of poke around. And 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 the, and the application composer gives you all the standard components um, ready to configure and and, and connect with the with a single drop down down. And but. Um, but it goes way beyond the, the, the basics. It, it, this thing integrates Gen AI to um, instantly suggest resources and settings for over a thousand cloud formation components. So you, you can slap together a serverless app faster than ever, even if you're not like a, a, a YAML expert like myself. And, and the best <laughs> part, and, and the best part is you immediately see the template changes impact your whole architecture while coding so no jumping between files and diagrams it's like a, a like a like a live blueprint for your application application um infrastructure from right inside visual studio code and and, and the real-time visual feedback helps you spot gaps or issues in your layout um super early um so you know you don't have to worry about these things you, you know even when you deploy so you know this is this is you know this is all from doing just you know clicks and 
with, with, with really no coding um, or um, infrastructure um, coding background. That sounds really cool. Uh, it should be, should definitely be a big help for people trying to get started with with CloudFormation. Absolutely. Um, sure. So there was a number of announced new announcements with for bedrock models, and I think you know <clears throat> we'll begin to see more of those. We we they they came out with the new Amazon um, Titan text model. Um, for in the Express and the in the light version, those are the different sizes. Um, there was also the the, the Amazon um, Titan embeddings. So so if you want to do you know vector searches, you you, you can get you can you can do you can create those um, um, uh, vectors from the from these embeddings. Then there's um, stable diffusion Excel um, one L from um, Stability AI came out. Um, sure. Meta, um, where you know, we also announced that um, that Llama two, um, the seventy billion from Meta, um, is is now on Bedrock. Um, um, we also upgraded um, the Claude version from Claude two to Claude two point one from Anthropic. Good to kind of see that you know um, um, that AWS is is always is always giving customers the freedom to um, choose their different mo um, models because, you know, life is still in its early stages and, and there's not going to be one model that kind of does everything. Um, so, you know, for your use case, you're going to have to um, kind of use different models for different things. And it's good that um, AWS gives you the choice of using these different models. Yeah, I was seeing a lot of that with like my customers are are appreciative of the fact that Bedrock is giving them the ability to make choices um, and and not throw everything in behind one specific model. So I yeah I think Bedrock is is really cool in that area. So one of the things that we also saw that was announced um, was was um, Party Rock um, and Amazon Bedrock Playground. Did you see this? I've seen some people on social media doing throwing together apps really quick. Uh, in, in yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty pretty cool. It's it's like, like a, a showcase for some of the coolest um, AI apps you know that's that's built um, by the um, by the community. And there's like a you know because I, I I didn't even know about this up until I started prepping for this time. I was I was I was like oh wow party rock and and it's, and there's like a, a discover page that kind of curates the most viewed in and, and mixed and shared creations made by um, Amazon Bedrock. And, and, and we're talking about no code tools. Um, it's, it's been kind of mind blowing to just to even see that even on there that there's, you know, 20,000 unique AI powered web apps made just in a few days since, since it was launched. And Party Rock lets anyone um, intu intuitively um, build um, stuff like music generators, digital pets, and and, and 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 more with you know simple drag and drop, and 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 the, and the discover page lets you know find the best community inventions for inspiration, um, and you, you know you can just go go in there and just kind of poke around. It's it's pretty cool. That, that sounds really cool. And I mean, twenty thousand in. Well, I mean, reInvent's been what about two weeks? I think so. That's a that's a really impressive adoption there. Um, step functions, 
now has integration into um, SaaS apps, just got way, way simpler. Um, so the, the step functions now support uh, HTTPS endpoints right out of the box. So, which, so this means that you can call your REST API and your webhook um, from SaaS tools like Stripe, Slack, um, directly within your serverless workload. Um, so uh, this is this is really really cool that you know that you're able to do this within your step functions now. Um, there's this test state API that lets you inspect the raw HTTP requests and responses as you build. Um, you know, so you know between the SaaS integration and 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 the debuggability, um, step functions continues to take the pain out of you know stitching together services into a resilient workflow, um, which is which which is really cool. And, and along the lines of step functions, um, step functions also um, got some integration for Bedrock. So, um, so they dropped a native integration with with Bedrock into step functions, which means that you can visually now orchestrate um, your Bedrock um, foundation models and your human um, review steps without um, uh, re requiring any glue code. You simply drag and drop the invoke model or um, what is it, the create model customization job API right into your workflow. So again, it's very, very cool stuff. And, and with Works, Workflow Studio, you kind of get a bird's eye view into the end-to-end um, uh, -end, um, life cycle. Step functions continue to, um, you know, bring all the magic and the coolness. Um, let's see, StageMaker. Do, do you play with StageMaker? Have you played with StageMaker much? I have not. Um, I. It's one of those things I probably should, but I never really got to it at this point. Um, super. Like just recently, I've just been playing with it because, um, I, you know, as as much as the bedrock APIs are there for .NET. Um, you can only still go but so far if you're if you're doing ML because a lot of the ML stuff is still in Python. So yeah. I've been playing I've, I've been I've been playing with with, with SageMaker and Python and and Jupyter Labs and it's 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 very very cool stuff. Um, this new trick for like training models, um, which which kind of makes it way faster and cheaper cheaper. It's it's a it's a it's a smart data sifting capability. It's that's in preview that automatically allows you to filter out um, uninformative training samples on the fly. So essentially, this means that StageMaker um, takes a peek at each data point in real time and only fully processes examples with the most useful for optimizing the model. So this means that you can cut down on the noisy or redundant data loading your um, training sets without extra work. SageMaker handles the selective back pressure under the hood while preserving accuracy. So you know, early customers that have that have been using this have seen 35% drops in training costs and hours using this smart um, sifting um, technology with with no changes to their Workflow um, required. All optimizations um, are happening um, based on the dynamics of, 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 of the model and their and their data. 
That's cool. I, I love the fact that AWS pulls out these these things and gives them to customers to just say, hey, pay us less money, please. Uh, that was always you know, one of my favorite parts of, uh, you know, of, of the job. I mean, that's one of the, um, that's, yeah, because you can't increase prices, right? So you have to always lower, lower prices. And, and, you know, and with the continuous in innovation, we kind of just pass those savings onto the down to the customer. Yeah, which is, which is great. Um, another, another, um, um, uh, there've been other improvements um, within SageMaker Studio, um, which, which, which is the SageMaker, IDE, which which kind of got a major um, blow up and improved options for um, uh, data scientists and developers. First, they they, they amped up the, the IDE choices. Now you can get a code editor that's kind of based off of VS Code. Um, there's a faster Jupyter Labs, and 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 our studio all use the same interface now. So um, you use what fits your flow. There's no real difficult um, context switching. And this lets um, data scientists stick to notebooks for exploration and then pass the baton um, for the engineers to handle in you know, um, the code editor. And so this is all within the studio hub, which is, which is really, really nice. It's, it's one connected workflow. And the IDEs that open up, they open up in full screen browsing tabs so you know, it, you don't have to worry about keeping. You know, the it, it, it takes up the whole screen's um, real estate. There's no more squinting for you know squeezed panels or anything like that. Yeah, my eyes aren't getting any better. And another thing um, that's that's really cool that which, which, that they've done with um, with with Jupiter Labs and, and StageMaker. Is they also you can now bring your um, your um, uh, EFS volumes, your elastic um, file system volumes to Jupyter Labs in um, code editor in 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 in, in Amazon's um, StageMaker Studio. <clears throat> so this means that you can now you know mount your own EFS storage volumes directly to your um, Jupyter Labs. So you know you can now share data sets. Um, libraries from um, other code bases across, you know, your whole team without constantly shuffling files around or downloading to notebooks. Um, cool. That sounds like a good time saver. Absolutely. It's, it's like, again, everybody can now get to read and write from, um, from you know, within their coding environments. There's, no more git pulls, which is what people were doing, or manual uploads before um, running their experiments. AIML um, uh, and, 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 and vector databases, and we were talking embeddings. Um, mm -hmm. Amazon um, Amazon um, MemoryDB for Redis now supports um, vector search um, in, in preview, and, and also Amazon DocumentDB. Um, also now supports um, vector search. So the big news, this is, this is, this is kind of big news for anyone wanting um, crazy fast vector search um, with their in-memory Redis databases. I mean, AWS 
this is a preview right now, but with the support of Memory TV, um, their multi um, AZ durable Redis offering searches. So you can also now store your indexes and query millions of vectors and embeddings um, at lightning speed um, in your durable um, document DB clusters. And, and if you're, again, wondering um, what vectors are, vectors are basically um, numerical um, representations of unstructured data like text, and they capture um, the, deep, the deeper semantic meanings of strings um, to power the, you know, the cutting edge AI recommendation engines and, and, and recommendations and, and searches. And you can you generate those vectors using, you know, Amazon SageMaker or, or Bedrock or some other um, machine learning um, service. Cool. So that really kind of drives the ability to create all of this wonderful stuff that uh, Gen AI is, is doing for us these days, right? You know, if, if you're building a RAG implementation, if you're, you know, using um, generative AI and, and you're building like, the, what is it, retrieval augmented generation, mm -hmm. um, if you're using one of these systems, um, what you usually do is you, you put something into your prompt, that prompt, that string gets converted into an embedding, um, which is this numerical um, um, vector that we were talking about, and you take these embeddings and you would put it into a, a database store. And, and in this particular case, um, you know, um, uh, you, you know, you can save this data into 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 Redis or or, or Mongo, and then and then when you do a query, um, you're doing a query against these vectors, which makes it um, really really fast and, and performant. One of the things um, that I this isn't quite a, a developer's mm -hmm. um, thing, but one thing that I, I kind of you know because sometimes even when I'm even playing within my own personal account, sometimes um, costs kind of kind of run, run away with you run away from you if you're not if you're not watching it so <laughs> yes one of the cool things that also came out was was the cost optimization hub um and this this and this cost management feature um helps you consolidate and prioritize your cost optimization recommend recommendations across your aws organization um, member account region um, and it helps you figure out and how you can get the most out of your AWS spend. So with it, you know, you can easily identify, filter, aggregate over 15 types of um, AWS cost optimization recommendations, like, you know, um, EC2 recommendations or Graviton migration recommendations or mm -hmm. um, idle resource recommendations or service savings plans recommendations across Accounts a region through a single dashboard. So I, you know, I, I thought that was I thought that was kind of cool. That definitely sounds like it'll be helpful. Um, you know, it's for years you've been able to look at an individual account and an individual region, but to have that consolidated view sounds really cool. Really, really helpful. There was there were some cool announcements along across cloud operations as well. There was things like, you know, CloudWatch now allows you to support um, data querying across multiple sources. So, you know, this enables you to gain visibility across your hybrid and multi-cloud metrics in a single view. So I, I thought that was, I thought that was really, really cool. Hmm. Um, 
So I got to ask of all the announcements that came out, what's your favorite one? What are you looking to play with the most? That's a good one. Um, well, I, I've already been playing with it. It's, 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 the, it's the Jupiter, it's, it's probably the Jupiter um, in the Stage Maker Studio, um, all the new things that's within there. Um, you know, I didn't know what was before, what, what's there today. So um, um, I know that they made all these different, all these updates within Stage Maker Studio. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what it looked like before, but right now that's my big thing is, is, is the stuff that's within Stage Maker. Well, Ty, it's uh, been an absolute pleasure to to catch up with you and and hear about all these announcements. I mean, I have to admit, I probably only had heard half of them, uh, so it's uh, always a, always a pleasure to, to to talk with you about this. Um, Got to say, Christmas is coming up. Would, any plans for uh, any plans for a Christmas break? You know, every year there's a, a basketball tournament that happens, a travel tournament that happens um, around um, just a little bit after Christmas. Last year we were stuck in, um, I don't know if you remember, on the East Coast there was this huge um, uh, winter storm, ice storm, um, snowstorm. Um, we were in uh, North Carolina and we were kind of stuck in North Carolina during that, um, during that storm. And travel that we that those few days was close to impossible, um, but safely you know we got out of there. No one got no no one was injured. This year we're going to um, the basketball tournament is in like the Albany Troy, um, New York area. So, okay. You know we'll, we'll be going up there for a couple of days and um, but you know aside from just those couple of days that's it that's all I'm doing. How about yourself? Okay. No, I'm staying at home and doing some study and uh, covering for other people who are going to be taking vacation. Uh, so, yeah, nothing, uh, nothing major there going there. So, all right. Well, thank you for being part of the uh, for part of the podcast. Um, as I said, it's it's been a while since I've produced an episode, so it's great to have you back as my. Uh, as my first guest uh, in what will hopefully be some regular occurrences or regular appearances. I want to say um, thanks for having me here. I had a, I had a blast geeking out with you. Um, yeah. Um, well, anytime you want to come back and talk about tech on the podcast, I would love to have you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Basement Programmer Podcast. I really appreciate you tuning in. And if you have any feedback or comments, of course, send me an email. Also, please consider subscribing. It lets me know that you're enjoying this production. I'm looking forward to you joining me for the next episode of the Basement Programmer Podcast. In the meantime, take care, stay safe, and keep learning.